Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Monday, August the 28th, 2023. It is currently 10.25 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Well, well, if I'm being honest with you, I was going to say where, I was going to say where, where, well, I, to be honest, I don't know what to say. I, I know what I'm supposed to do right now is keep us encouraged, right? I got, remember, we've been using this kind of running metaphor, this running illustration, and I'm supposed to tell, all right, guys, get back up. Let's stretch. Let's make sure we got some water because we have a marathon to run and we're running this marathon like a sprint. It's like a marathon as a sprint because we have to finish the book of Jeremiah by the end of August and let's do that because that's where my focus has been and that's where I've wanted your focus to be and I'm like let's let's focus there but where well whatever I should say I don't know I don't even know if I should say anything I don't know but I I like to be very honest and transparent when I turn on the microphone I try my very best I've always acknowledged I have tried to say this over and over and over I'm just a sinner sitting in front of a microphone trying to figure this entire thing out that we call Christianity. I ask questions. I share my doubts and my struggles. I try to never pretend to be anything other than just a sinner trying to figure it out. I'm just a sinner with a microphone and a bunch of Bibles and reference tools. And, 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 and I just try to, I try to invite you to join me trying to figure out the whole thing called Christianity and study and, and dig into God's word and, and do our very best. And we stumble and we fall and we get back up. Right. But I was, I was really, you know, like, let's Jeremiah. All we got to do is get to the end of Jeremiah by the end of August. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a big thing to try to accomplish. That's what I set out to do. We're going to do this. I'll still be trying to work on a little bit of it on church to, to, to fill in the gaps, what we have to cover relatively too fast. And, and hopefully we'll, we'll make this beneficial for everyone. And this will be a positive thing. And when it's all said and done, hopefully, you know, people will say, wow, that was a great study. I've been Benefited, you know, thank you so very much. And everyone will be appreciative. And I, I just, I really felt, I, I felt some, I, I don't necessarily, I know this kind of sounds cliche, but I felt, I felt a lot of positive energy, right? I felt Sunday went pretty good. A lot of times I leave church on a Sunday and I feel like, ah, oh, that went, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. And I don't know if people really understood that, but I, I thought Sunday went okay. And then boom, here we go. We're ready to go. Sunday afternoon, I finished some long gospel, got us all ready for the marathon. I, I, I did all of the teaching at church. And then after church, I come, I come home. I do I what another hour of teaching. I've done, I don't know how many, two hours today. I don't even know anymore. I, I've got lost track, but it's been multiple hours of teaching on the book of Jeremiah. And I think that we have done, I think I've done a very good job. I think many of you are enjoying it. Many of you are, partici- are participating in it. But I was notified today that some people, let's just say, oh, I, I don't know, do I, do, I, do I say it on a plural or, a, or do I say it as a, well, let's just say I was notified today. That someone who has supported the internet ministry financially um, and have supported it, that as of today, they are done. 
they disagree, they've deleted the apps, they're no longer listening, and obviously they're withdrawing the obviously the financial support. I don't know how that's going to impact. I, I keep I keep I know look, I know the writing is on the wall. I know the writing is on the wall for me. Uh not only as a podcaster in ministry, I just know I I had an idea and a vision and the way I thought ministry was supposed to be. I really did. And my idea, my vision of it is so contrary to the way everyone else thinks. I know I'm in the minority of the minority of the minority of the minority. You know, I, I don't want to say I'm the only one because that, you know, that's arrogant. There's probably plenty out there who, who want to do it in a different way as well. But my way is not the popular way. And uh, I, I envision ministry being very different, not being about a team being about people who want to dig into God's word and they're not willing to ask questions and they're willing to struggle and they're willing to, 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 to try to figure it out. And they may sometimes hear things they like, sometimes they may hear things they don't like, but we work together to figure it out. And well, you know, now that, that, that support has been withdrawn. I don't know how much it's going to impact. I don't know. It's just on the same day that I'm told, hey, I'm deleting your apps. I'm no longer, basically no longer supporting you. Same day that I get, you know, the receipt for, oh, yeah, you you owe money for, you know, another month of broadcasting for this platform. And, you know, and it'll be a couple more days. You'll get. And so I mean, we still got to pay the bills to 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 broadcast. We got to pay the bills to do live broadcast and we got to pay the bills. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't know what it all means. I don't know. I, I know this. I'm going to go down swinging. And if it if if it if it goes down and. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. You know what? It's, it's just going to come down to it. Whether, you know, I, I don't know. I guess you, some people say, well, you can monetize it. Yeah. And then you know what comes with monetizing your podcast. You say the wrong thing to upset sponsors or the, then you lose your sponsors. And that's, that, that's, I mean, and, and do you, do you want a theology podcast breaking in in the 15 minute or 30 minute mark going, Hey, you know, Get progressive insurance, you know, like I do, you know, hey, you know, Spotify, get a premium subscription today for, you know, three months for $30. You know, are you, do you, I mean, do you, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that on a, a, a theology podcast. I don't know if I want to do that. But um, yeah, so it's kind of discouraging. But I, what I have to realize is this. Discouragement when it comes to the Christian life, it comes in many shapes and forms. Right? It comes in many shapes and forms. I, what I have found is that most of the discouragement in my Christian life truly has come from the church, from Christians. I felt like it's always been a Christian somewhere to take a bucket of water and throw it on any fire and throw it on any passion and throw it on any excitement. I feel it's always Christians. It's always Christians there. It's not, I, I've never felt Christians. Now, I'm not saying there, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is, I, I'm not saying my description here is a hundred percent accurate, but sometimes I feel like that most of the time Christians are there to push you down and discourage you instead of encouraging and building you up. I've had plenty to encourage and build me up. So I don't want to say it's none. That's not fair. That's, you know, being hyperbolic and allowing your emotions to speak. But, but sometimes I do feel that it's, it's, it's other people who claim to believe in the same God you believe in that, that do something. And if you've been reading the book of Jeremiah this summer, you know, he, 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 well, he goes to prison five times. Remember I told you to look up those, the prison passages. Five times he is persecuted. He is hated. And who? Not by the pagans, but by God's people, by by the prophets, by the priest. It's by the supposedly people of God who reject him. 
But he continued. Now, he got frustrated and he expressed that frustration sometime, but he continued. So if and what Jeremiah faced is a million times worse than anything I've ever faced. So hopefully I can use this to encourage me. But I was just so excited, like Jeremiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah. All right, we're talking about this and we're talking about that. We're talking about eschatology. We're talking about this and all. Oh, this is good. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All excited. Oh, and then what, what, what happens? I'm trying to run a marathon on the book of Jeremiah, but hey, I, I can't even do the book of Jeremiah right. Because what happens? That's it. We're done. Deleting all the apps. That's it. It's over. And you're like, what What did I do wrong on the book of Jeremiah? Now, it may not even been the book of Jeremiah. It could have been long gospel. It could have been sanctification. Who knows? I mean, I, I only do like 50 bazillion hours of teaching a week. But somehow you would think that even you, you would think even if you disagreed with 40% of my teaching, that there's so much content, you could find something <laughs> that you could be like, you know what? I, I think you're dead wrong on this, but man, I, every time I ever, every time you turn on the microphone, it's something new. It's something different. It's something unique. You have a, you have a unique perspective. No one else is doing broadcasting like, like you think I, I have done enough that, but nope, it, it's, it's, it's never good enough. So yeah. So what do I do? Well, I could sit here and have a pity party. I could go, you know, find a juniper tree and send her to the juniper tree and wish I was dead. I could, I could curse the day I was born. I could, I could, I could, you know, sit on a hillside and say, okay, God, destroy everything. Oh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm borrowing from biblical people who got discouraged. Jonah, you get the, I'm not going to have to explain it all to you, right? You get the, you get the references. Um, or I can say, you know what? I have a marathon to run. I have a marathon to run. I got the book of Jeremiah and I, and time is running out. Before I know it, it's going to be August the 29th. I've got till midnight, August the 31st to finish the book of Jeremiah and do as much as I can to try to benefit someone out there some way, shape or form. So I can either get discouraged because look, look, I, I do know. I think at this point in my ministry, I do realize from a human perspective, I am a failure. I have failed. It's over. It's done. Like, I know that. I know that. Like, from every human metric, maybe from the podcasting world, I can say, well, I got, I, I took a theology podcast at, at being broadcast from the, basically the middle of nowhere, Texas, and I took it from no, nothing to being in the top 5% of all podcasts in the world. Okay. I think that that, I think that is a, a, a positive thing. But as far as a pastor and church, that I, I've been an abysmal failure. I've been an abysmal failure. I, I just have. I have. Uh, the, ch uh, the church went up and then it kind of reached its peak and it's, it's been down, going down since then. And I've never been able to recover from it. And you can blame, I can blame myself for my own failures, my own mistakes. And I can blame myself because I just wouldn't pick a team and just regurgitate you know, basic sermons and three points and just do the typical thing. No, 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 no. I don't care about which team. I'm going to offend every team. I'm going to offend the reform team, the non-reform team. I'm going to uh, offend the preterist, uh, the amillennialist, and the dispensationalist. I'm going to offend everyone because I don't care about your team. I care about trying to figure out the text. And so many times when you immediately know someone is disagreeing with you about a text, 
Sadly, in many cases, it has nothing to do with the text. They, have a, they, they were given a certain teaching, and now that's the way it's supposed to be understood. But I don't care what the teaching you received. I'm going to go back to the text and go, I don't care who this offends. I'm going to figure out the text. So I know I, I, I kind of made my bed. Now I have to lie in it, right? And so my, my ministry may come to the end. And that may be the end of the podcast. Maybe the end of the podcast. And if it is, it is. I, it was a good run. I did the best I could. Now I could sit here and give up, but I'm just going to go down swinging. That's all I can do. I do I'm just going to stay on the boat until the boat is underwater and ever, everyone, everyone is gone. And then maybe, maybe then I can swim to a, you know, some kind of a, 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 a lifeboat and then I can make it to the shore somewhere and slip into the world, slip away into obscurity, never to be heard from again. And I, and you know, it's over. Just delete everything and everything will be gone. There'll be no traces that I ever existed and it will be, I did what I could. So I hate, I hate that that's where things may be headed, but I, I can see the writing on the wall, but we're not there yet. I don't know when we're going to get there. I don't know if it's a year away. Don't know if it's two years away. Don't know if it's six months away, but you can see where things are going, right? And you can just see where the church in America is headed. The church in America is heading in a direction that I'm clearly not going, clearly. Um, and so who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, maybe when when maybe when the podcast is gone, there'll be people out there who will miss it and be like, man, that was, you know, th- there was a lot of good stuff. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. But that's where we are. Now, let's set that aside. We're in an odd place. Not only am I in an odd place, just kind of. I'm a little down, but you know what? I'm just going to set that aside. Just like Jeremiah had to set aside his emotions and keep preaching, I'm going to set aside my emotions and just put forth the effort to to finish Jeremiah. So I'm going to try to learn a practical lesson from Jeremiah. No matter what your circumstances are, stay focused to the task, stay focused on the purpose that you've been given. And my, my purpose here is to get us through the book of Jeremiah. Now, we're in a weird place because unfortunately... In the last broadcast, I really thought we had reached the end of his, of Dr. J. Vernon McGee's coverage or, or teaching on Jeremiah chapter 39. I thought he was done. But then I realized, wait, there's like, there's like, I don't know, maybe six minutes left. I don't know what it is. So we're going to kind of just let him wrap up uh, Jeremiah chapter 39. And, he, and I think he's about to say something that, you know, um, Obviously, we read, if you look at Jeremiah 39, verse uh, 1, and the ninth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the tenth month came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his armies against Jerusalem, and they besieged it. And in the eleventh year of Zedekiah, in the fourth month, the ninth day of the month, he, the city was broken up. I think Nebuchadnezzar came across, came against the city, I think three different times. And then he would put someone in charge, they would rebel against him. This, this, I think this is the third time. You can correct me if I have my history wrong there, but I believe it's three times. And then this time he comes in and he breaks the city up. The temple is burned. We know Zedekiah. He's going to have his eyes plucked out, take, took to, to Jerusalem or taken to Babylon. He's going to be killed. And so we, we know all of that. Somewhere in all of this, I think what Dr. J. Vernon McGee is going to put forth the idea is that Jeremiah sends a prophecy um, in fact, if you look, is it verse 11? Now, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, gave charges concerning Jeremiah to Neb- uh, uh Okay, I'm sorry. Here we go. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so Nebuchadnezzar gives uh, basically some rules about Jeremiah. Take him and look well to him and do him no harm, but do unto him even as he shall say unto thee. So Nebuchadnezzar is like, hey, go get Jeremiah and treat him well. All right, which is kind of interesting. Nebuchadnezzar wants him to be treated well, but his own people didn't treat him well. Oh, that, yeah, there's all we can go here. So I think this is kind of where he's going to jump in to kind of finish up the chapter. I don't know really what he's going to do with this, but uh, you, you, you can look at it. And then what we'll do is we'll at least finish this out, see how long it takes. And then maybe for this kind of late night episode... Yeah, maybe we'll just finish this up. Maybe we'll just finish this up. I kind of want to jump to chapter 40, but then I don't, I, you know, I don't, I, I would rather just start 40 to 49 and, and run that marathon tomorrow and see if we can finish 40 to 49, 40 to 52, really. I think we're just going to group 40 to 52 together and just go for it. And, and at least by Wednesday, we'll be done. Um, so I, so we, there's no problem. We're going to, we're going to finish it. Now, remember, we're using the teaching of Dr. J. Vernon McGee, uh, from Through the Bible Ministries. They gave us, uh, right, uh, the right to use all of his content. I can just play it if I wanted to, but we're using it more in a, like review, critique, analysis to guide the discussion. And we're kind of taking it in our own direction right now. But I think we'll just let this play out. I think it's probably, I know this is going to kind of be like a weird episode that way, but um, it makes more sense than trying to bring in 40. And then tomorrow we can just start and just try to go, uh, go maybe an hour and 15. Maybe the first one we'll do an hour and 30. We'll see how close we can to finishing the whole thing. Uh, tomorrow, uh, or at least maybe try to break it down into two parts so we can get to 40 to 52. I don't know if we can do it in two parts. Um, who knows? We'll see. And then if we have any extra time, maybe we'll just review some other sermons on it. Maybe we'll have some other discussions. And of course, um, on probably a Sunday at Victory Baptist Church, we will, we will still, we'll be doing at least still doing work on Jeremiah for the next couple of weeks, maybe just to make sure we finish up some, some maybe loose ends if we need to. We'll see. We'll just see. We'll just see. But at least we're going to overall fulfill what we set out to do. So I know this is going to be weird. He's coming in in Jeremiah 39. I think he's going to go to verse 10 or 11, and we'll just let him take this where he wants and see how he wraps up 39. Here we go. Until next time, may God bless you, my beloved. Now, this man Jeremiah, who's been giving these prophecies, had also sent a prophecy down to Nebuchadnezzar. And as we saw back in the book of Jeremiah, he had made a trip down there himself. Now, we read in verse 11 of chapter 39, Now Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, gave charge concerning Jeremiah to Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guards, saying, Take him and look well to him and do him no harm, but do unto him even as he shall say unto thee. Now, Nebuchadnezzar was particularly good to this man Jeremiah. It's quite interesting. He got worse treatment at the hands of his own people than he did at the hands of his enemy. That is... 
I mean, I don't know what to, I don't want to read too much. I don't want to read my circle. I don't want to read my life as, as a Christian into the text. That's wrong, right? You can't project your experience into the text because the text is not talking about my experience. But as I said earlier, sometimes I feel like the greatest discouragement, the greatest hindrance to my Christianity has been other professing Christians. Now, other than my own self. So let me, let me make it right. My greatest hindrance has been me. All right, so let's, let's, let's make sure we're accurate. My greatest hindrance has been me. My greatest discourager and, you know, de- to derail anything has been my own failure, my own sin, my own just whatever, arrogance, pride, stupidity, whatever the case may be. But other than myself, I have felt that I have always felt more frustration and aggravation and hindrance and attack and discouragement from Christians than I ever have from the world. Now, you you can draw your own conclusion. I don't know what you've experienced, but here in Jeremiah, it is interesting. Nebuchadnezzar's like, hey, hey, do, do well to him and listen to him. And you're like, well, wait a minute. No, nobody in Judah was doing that. Okay, it's just odd to me. All right, here we go. And today I have found out that I'm hurt more by those who profess to be Christian than by the unsaved world. I find this is a great principle, and I think probably many of you will agree with that. Now, Nebuchadnezzar has permitted Jeremiah to do what he wants to. He tells him here, you can come with the captives to Babylon if you want to. And Jeremiah, it's interesting enough, did not want to do that. I think he would have been given special privilege, but he did not want to see his brethren suffer as they did there by the canals of Babylon, by the rivers of Babylon where they sat down, where they hung up their harps and they wept when they remembered Zion. And Jeremiah did not want to go with them. They've rejected his message and they've rejected him. And God now has raised up another prophet that will speak to them down there. It'll be Ezekiel that we'll see later on. But now he chooses to remain in the land with the poor that remain there. Who really loved that land? It was Jeremiah. Who really was patriotic? It was Jeremiah. Who really had the best interests of the people at heart? It was Jeremiah. Now, that is all quite obvious now. Now, I think that I'd like to conclude chapter 39 by reading to you a statement from another, and this is something that's very pertinent for this hour in which we're living. The thing that we said is all important is to understand that God judges and that the one who judges is a God of love. He's loved you with an everlasting love, and that makes the judgment that much worse because of the fact that he's not a tyrant and he has to do it. He has to do it in love. And the one who pronounced that harsh judgment over Jerusalem is the one who wept over Jerusalem and said, how many times would I have gathered together your little ones like a mother hen gathers her little chicks? But you would not. Now, I'd like to quote this because we have seen that the judgment of God and the anger of God is revealed in nature, and it's revealed in history, it's revealed in the Old Testament, 
and it's revealed in the New Testament. Now, I'm reading a quotation from Dr. G. Campbell Morgan. Will you listen very carefully? Presents are in the interest of the free. Hell is the safeguard of heaven. A state that cannot punish crime is doomed, and a God who tolerates evil is not good. Deny me my biblical revelation of the anger of God, and I'm insecure in the universe. But reveal to me this throne established, occupied by one whose heart is full of tenderness, whose bowels yearn with love, then am I assured that he will not tolerate that which blights and blasts and damns, but will destroy it and all its instruments in the interest of that which is high and noble and pure. And that's a tremendous statement. And we can say, thank God that he destroyed Jerusalem when he did. It revealed that he loved them, my friend, because had he been a disinterested party, he would have let them sunk lower and lower down into the depths of hell. But God won't do that. Therefore, we can look around us today, and we are seeing a nation departing farther and farther from God. And we have discovered that when crime is not dealt with, and when criminals are not punished, that we curb the liberty of folk. I must say, because there are judges today that have not handed down the sentence they should against criminals, I'd have to be careful about walking the streets as you do. I have to be careful about where I go. I have had to put more protection about my house. And my neighbors, they live in fear also, and several of them have had their homes broken into. I say to you today that our liberty has been curbed. And we're talking today about freedom and liberty. And I say, let's enforce the law so we can all have liberty. That is the thing that is hard to get through. Even the PhDs, heads that are the brain trusts that are advising a government. And it's the thing that's got us in the mess that we're in today. We're so far from God. This is a tremendous section. And there you have it. Now you can, how he wants to apply that to his time, we, have a, we could have a discussion. I did find it interesting that he himself said that he had been more mistreated by professing Christians than by the world. That, that's Dr. J. Vernon McGee said the same thing. So it kind of fits in perfectly with, with everything that I started off with, that sometimes that's where it comes from. But here is the thing. Uh, we'll, we'll do a couple of things here. Now, I, I will say this. Whatever, whatever the source of the discouragement is, whatever the source of the frustration, the, whatever, whatever tries to, to derail you, make you want to give up, discourage you, hurt you, whatever the case may be, Christianity, the life of, the life of a Christian, running the Christian race, walking the Christian walk, it, it cannot be 
it, it, it should not. We can't allow what happens to us by whomever, whomever, whether they claim to be Christian or not Christian, to impact us. We have to stay faithful to the word of God, not based off what our circumstances are. We have to keep our focus on, well, this is what God's word says, and I'm going to re- try to remain faithful to that. Now, God's word. Yeah, we can, we, I think we can struggle with confusion and doubt. I mean, even some of the things he said there, I, I, you know, I'm not sure, sure how much I completely agree because I think he's overlooking some of the complexities of what he's saying. You know, hey, it's a good thing he destroyed Jerusalem because they would have sunk lower and lower and lower. Wait, what? Are, wait, what? He, he couldn't have found a different way to, I don't know, <laughs> save them, revive. Like, I mean, I, again, I guess it depends on, I mean, well, no matter even how, however you look at it, if you say, well, he couldn't do anything because he gave them free will. If you go with a hard free will theology, well, wait a minute, God gave them free will knowing what they were going to do with it, knowing that people are going to have to die, people are going to have to be judged. So still that, why would he do that in the first place? And if you don't believe in free will, well, then why wouldn't God just then grant them repentance, give them faith? Why wouldn't he? I mean, he he's going to do something for Israel dramatically, as we saw in Jeremiah 31. Why not? Why wait years, centuries for that to happen? In the meantime, there's death, destruction, and suffering. So Yes, the Christianity Christianity is filled with questions and doubts and struggles. And I think that's a part of walking the Christian life. So that can cause you some problems and difficulties. I understand that. But I'm talking about anything else, how people treat you, how things happen. You got, we have to just keep pers- moving forward, no matter what that may be. We can't allow the Christian, our Christian life to be derailed are are messed up, even if we are wrongly and treated wrongly by those who profess Christianity. Because Jeremiah here is treated horribly by those who claim to believe in the same God he does. And then here comes Nebuchadnezzar, and he is treated well. His very enemy treats him better than those who you think would be on his side. So it is interesting that it just happens to be there at the end of 39, right where we are. So, you know, is, is there any coincidences or do I just see this as divine providence as a perfect opportunity to really think long and hard about it? Your commitment to Christ, you're only as committed as the thing it, it takes to derail you, discourage you, or stop you. You, you can, Your commitment is tested by the thing that that stops you or derails you or causes you problems. If you're If you're committed to... Working out you know, physically, and all it takes is, I don't know, one little thing. You're like, ah, I'm not going to work out today. Ah, I'm not going to work out today. Well, then you're not that committed to it. Well, when it comes to Christ, our commitment cannot, I mean, we know how committed we are when it takes, takes what it takes to, to mess us up. And so, how committed am I? How committed was Jeremiah to the ministry? Well, he stayed committed to it. Did he express his pain and frustrations at times? Yes, he did. And that's perfectly okay. But he kept getting up the next day proclaiming God's word. He kept getting up the next day proclaiming God's word. He kept getting up the next day trying to walk with God and figure out what God wanted him to do based on what God had revealed to him. For us, we wake up every day reading the Bible, figuring out how we are to live the Christian life. And we can't allow even what other Christians do to us, even whatever happens in our churches. what We can't even allow our own failure. We have to just keep our focus on Christ. But 
too many times. Little things can derail me. Little things can discourage me. And when I say little, little in the grand grand scheme of things, they may seem significant at the time, but put in the light of eternity, put in the light of what God wants, is calling us to do and living out his, living out the Christian life, those things are, are pale in comparison to that. All right, that finishes Jeremiah 39. I feel like there's so much more I should say, but you know, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to press it too far. I don't want to take the text and go too far with it. I want to try to keep it in its proper context. So that gives us chapter forty to fifty-two. That is our goal. We may be able to finish it tomorrow. If not, we definitely will finish it Wednesday as the grand finale. Even if we do kind of get through J. Vernon McGee's teaching through forty through fifty-two. Then we may, I don't know, pick a, uh, well, we may pick some random sermons, just pick like literally at random um, on Jeremiah and, uh, you know, just get those all the way up till, you know, maybe we'll, we'll be, we'll try to be, I'll try to be broadcasting on the last day of August, right when the clock hits midnight, the right time, Texas time, and just to to maybe end it that way. Um, And then hopefully we accomplish something. So if you have any thoughts on the book of Jeremiah, any thoughts on, or any questions, or any favorite sections, favorite verses, key verses, anything, you can email those to me, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for coming along this late night jog into the book of Jeremiah. I know we could proceed because this is only 33 minutes, but that's okay. Just... I don't want to, see, then we would be trying to jump into 40. It would just seem all awkward. So tomorrow we'll start 40. I think it's a good starting point. I think we can accomplish something and hopefully everyone will be better off for it. All right. You can email me newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great night. God bless.